Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and thank you very much for tuning in to episode three of Atlantic Business Spotlight. My name is Kathleen Sutherland. I am a marketing coach and a member of the Business Coach Atlantic Network of Business Development Experts. You can find us at businesscoachatlantic.com. This is a very fun episode of this podcast to record. I actually went down to the LMI Atlantic office in downtown Moncton and recorded this conversation live with Gabe Basque, Gabriel Basque at LMI, and he was gracious enough to do the Facebook Live with me on the spot with no prior warning, very few minutes for warm-up. So thank you, Gabe, for, for playing along with my crazy ideas, putting yourself out there, and really living the principles that you're about to hear us discuss in this conversation So lots of great stuff to come. We're talking about cold calling, leadership, the movement against mediocrity, what it's like to be a millennial in the workforce, and uh, lots of other great stuff. So without further ado, I'm going to cut into the Facebook Live portion of the recording. And I think a great place to start is maybe just to talk about that insecurity and that shyness that comes with putting ourselves out there. This doesn't just apply for multimedia. It applies for any business owner who needs to get in front of people and talk about who they are and what they do. So, Gab, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little introduction, how you got involved with LMI and that one strategy that I know that you personally used mm-hmm. to grow your business in an amazing way. And I wanted to focus on that strategy because it's one mm. that most business owners, their tail would curl thinking about it. So Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, actually, what I would like to do is to backtrack a few years. I've started my journey in 2011 of uh, becoming a coach, per se, quote-unquote. <laughs> Um, and it's funny because in 2010, which was my hardest year ever in my whole life so far, it was my first rock bottom. I was unemployed, unfulfilled, unhappy, literally broke, living alone in a basement apartment, uh, which I could not afford. And I was literally unemployed for 12 months. So lots of insecurities, lots of um, doubt. Lots of uh, lack of confidence, uh, but I just went internally and I discovered, uh, sounds cliche, but I had discovered my passions, which is my top passion is people. So helping people find, uh, discover their, their potential and the other one was fitness. So I literally just combined the two and I joined Good Life Fitness. So that's when my career as a coach really started, which was uh, seven years ago. And I'll be honest. It took me literally four months to get a job. It took me four months to get a job, and I just, uh, why? Because I was, I was so introverted, so out of my comfort zone, and I just could not even think of speaking to someone I didn't know prior for, from all of my insecurities. And I just, uh, that's when I decided to take action. The only way to gain confidence is through actions. And I knew deep down if I want to run a successful business as a personal trainer at that time, I had to take action and I had to meet more people. And so I just set myself small goals, five minutes per time and saying, I'm going to speak to three people in the next five minutes. And then another five minutes goes by and I'm going to speak to another five people. And I just, 
and I just made small accomplishments, which eventually grew my confidence. And the outcome was I actually got nominated top trainer in Canada with Good Life, sold for over $140,000 in personal training, service over 1,900 hours of clients in my first year, and I moved up the corporate ladder. So, not not saying to brag, but that would have never happened if I never would have took ownership or responsibility of, of, of my career paths by simply taking action on on the thing that I was feared, uh, feared of, like just right now, <laughs> Facebook Live, I don't like doing it. I'm doing it more for a personal use of uh, growing myself, uh, improving my communication skills, and also uh, in, indirectly helping more people, right? Because it's an easy way to, uh, to build a stronger community. I super appreciate that and I can really relate with that kind of struggle if I think back of myself about 11 years ago working in a pub in downtown Calgary my managers would tell me hey um, you know in the next 30 minutes go talk to three people find out what they do for a living and come report back and tell us that you have done this like I would get these little assignments because I was so paralytically shy and just afraid to uh, approach someone without Mm -hmm. having known them in advance and and I think that's you know anxiety we hear that we hear about that a lot I think it affects a lot of people a lot of young Mm -hmm. people and especially those of us who are really used to communicating more through technology than face to face Mm -hmm. so I'd like to hear a little bit more about how you decided to take the cold call route yeah well I have uh before moving on because I'm typically I'm not the typical leadership coach um in my industry because I'm working with a multi-billion dollar organization. Uh, we work in over 60 countries and uh, there's so many life changes even here in Atlantics. Uh, and I'm grateful to be part of that big, that big mission. Uh, but when I started this industry, I've, uh, I just really wanted to meet a lot of people. <laughs> that was my biggest goal. That was my initial goal is my commitment is to meet about 20 people a week, uh, which round out to be over 700 people in my first year. Um, and I've, I did met a lot of people. I've helped a lot of people. Um, and I just, I really knew how, and I just knew that I need to have really strong goals when it comes to my activities. So making lots of phone calls, lots of reach out online, all of the goal of giving back, right? I do consider myself as a giver. Um, and when I do meet someone, and even though it doesn't lead to business, that's all right. As long that I've created a new friendship, that is the only real hopeful uh, outcome. I'm looking from all of those uh, um, conversations. Uh, but I've uh, it was it was just a decision I made. Uh, I did lots of activities through social media, LinkedIn specifically, um, but cold call was a way of me of to reach out to more people. Um, some days I made 50 calls, some days it was 60, some days it was 20, 30. Um, and for me, it was, it was also a way to, um, to filter the right people. Because when I look at the people that we have worked with over the last 10 years here in Atlantics, we, there's one way to explain it. It's, it's, we all work with, we work with humble leaders, people that are looking to grow, learn, apply themselves. And they always have that beginner mindset. Like, I know I'm good, but I can be better. Right. Um, so when I actually reach out or I do a simple, do a cold call to someone, and if on the other side of the phone, um, they have the right attitude, 
they are more than welcome or open to meet up with me to at least have a conversation because they've been there too in their career path um, even though they may be running a multi-million dollar business so my advice or my mindset I guess was um, being really diligent on it's really not about me it's about them and what can I do or how can I help them right it's always about providing that value Mm -hmm. So when I reach out, I do, and I still have it, I do still have call reluctant. There's always that time that I, that space of time that I feel like, I don't want to make that call. And that's usually when I've tell myself, just do it type of deal, like just bite the bullet. Um, um, but it always creeps up. There's lots of tips. You can get more information about that person. Um, that helps. You can uh for me, I use social media. I look at even um, my mutual connections, friends. So that makes it easier for me to relate to that person. So I don't, I'm not as scared um, to make that call happen. In other words, you know a little bit about them and their business before you go into it. Yeah, gathering all that information. So just just to make me feel more comfortable, mm-hmm. right? The best way to have a cold call is to warm yourself up prior. Uh, That's a good one. With that, uh, with all of those informations. So I know when I hear those numbers, and I think a lot of people would feel the same way, the idea of 20, 30, 50 phone calls in a day. And I think the fear is that people are going to, like, what is it we're afraid of? They're going to tell us to screw off and slam the phone down. And how would you find what you were expecting to happen was different from what actually ended up happening? Well, just fear alone is quite unique. Uh, some people say fear is a false evidence appearing real. Uh, fear is an illusion. Uh, most fears we create in our own mind. Some other people will say, well, f- there's only really two fears, which is uh, fear of fire, fear of uh, heights. Uh, but when it really comes back down, it really goes back down to me, I believe, is fear of rejection, mm-hmm. which stems to a much deeper fear. Well, I won't go into details, but it really comes back to fear of rejection. Right? For me, my biggest fear was can't really say now, but it was fear of public speaking right. by far for years. Even I would even see myself a year and a half ago, I could even not envision myself speaking in front of a small group. And now I do facilitate a fair amount uh, of different programs. Because I remember when I started with LMI, I used to only meet people one-on-one and I was, uh, and I just could not see myself. Uh, facilitating a program because right. I had that fear of what if I'm not good enough what if I can't really say or how what do I have to offer to someone that's uh, that has uh, 25 years of experience right mm-hmm. I'm only 28 years old <laughs> some people I do work with they have more experience years of experience in business um, that I have of just living <laughs> Um, but so all those fear accumulate, right? Mm-hmm. But it all stems back from the fear of rejection, right? So the key thing when it comes to dealing with fear is uh, becoming more aware, right? Becoming more aware. So I've did a lot of it's just soul searching, a lot of journaling, a lot of meditation, and a lot of work on myself to become more aware of where that actually came out. Um, what was the origin of those fears, right? 
Would that make sense? Yeah, it yeah. totally makes sense. And, and if we really analyze it further, like with the fear of rejection, what is it that actually is going to come from that? Are we going to be like, you know, physically injured? Are we going to be humiliated? That yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, um, is are these fears that you see a lot of your clients, a lot of business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs who are coming through, what kind of fears do they have about putting themselves out there and taking these types of actions? Oh, there's, there's lots of it. Like... Uh, there's a lot of, uh, let's say, high-level fears, like fear of success, fear of failure, public speaking, right? There's a lot of different fears, um, but those are all elusive ideas that we have created in our mind, and, and, and what the outcome is we resist change, right? And without change, we can't innovate, and, and, and that's really key. That's always a concept I like to discuss before starting any processes with any individuals, to provide measurable results in their life uh, is to make them realize that, listen, you're you're resisting change. And the number one reason why you're resisting change is because of fear. Number two is lack of information. It's unclear your mind. And number three is indecision. I'm not quite sure what I actually want. Or there may be two or three things you want in your life and you're just trying to juggle as best as possible. Mm-hmm. And and the fact is, is uh, well, if you chase after two rabbits, and uh, they will both escape, and that's some. That's how people live their life. They're they don't have that focus in their mind, because their goals are not clear. Mm-hmm. But when you have that clarity on your goals, uh, it makes it a lot easier to follow through on. Right. Uh, a quick quote that I would like love to share. It's one of my favorite from Paul J. Meyer. Um, if you're not the person you wish to be or a capable being, it is merely because your goals are not clearly defined. So it goes back to the clarity of goals of, of which we are not the person we wish to be or a capable being. Um, and, and, and if we're not that person, then we're not accomplishing the results that we want in our life. Is, uh, it's, uh, it's because we're not really changing, right? We're not really changing. And it goes back to either fear, indecision, or lack of information. Those are usually the top three reasons why we do resist change. Right. So it brings to mind the idea that like we can only set and accomplish goals to the degree that we have self-worth to match what we want to accomplish. Yes. I hear that all the time because uh, leadership is a lot more than just a title, a position or a responsibility. Um, it's really about leading yourself in all six aspects of life. And when you really go down and you dig deeper in 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 the person and the human being, a lot of time it's it's because of the self worth. I don't I don't feel worthy enough to accomplish or have these things in my life, right? Mm-hmm. But traditionally, people would deflate that with reasoning and justifications, etc. Right? But um, self worth is definitely high up there. Yeah, for sure. So the new hashtag we're seeing from the LMI Atlantic Region Office is uh, in regards to the movement against mediocrity. <laughs> so what is mediocrity? Why are we moving against it? And is there a connection there with that idea of self-worth and facing yeah. fears? Yeah. Mediocrity is defined differently for everyone. Um, it's funny because I have pros and cons and positive negative feedback on that um, saying or that and it's funny how we all started we just had a conversation in one of our meetings and I just felt like oh I feel it would be part of uh, 
being part of a movement against mediocrity because the national um, vision is to become the premier leadership development resource and for years here locally in Atlantic there's three offices but for our office is to become the synonymous leadership development resource and that's all great but I almost feel like it's a bit too much us on the pedestal because at the end of the day it's not about us it's about the community mm-hmm. and we're here to support so for me the vision is more so it's actually being part of a movement against mediocrity and we're just one of the piece of the of the pie right um media mediocrity there's many explanation it is one way it's kind of funny in a way but it is uh it is being a teaspoon when we were born to be a shovel um that's the way to i could explain mediocrity it's really living a life that is good but but it could be great mm-hmm. or living an ordinary life when it could be extraordinary um, it's really about tapping into your God-given potential, which is my purpose, is to help people achieve their God-given potential. And we all have, we all have that within us. Even stat shows that we're only using about 15 to 25%, which is kind of shocking. But imagine if you would double your potential, which is still only 30 to 50% of your actual potential. Uh, all that to say there's so much more that we can do. And, and that all stems from how we think, which is an attitude. Um, and it's really about creating that attitude and behavioral change over time. And then the results that we, we have is completely different, right? But so, so that's the movement against mediocrity. It's really about um, living up uh, to your personal best or what that looks like. Because success is defined differently for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's becoming the best janitor in the world or if it's becoming a better fodder or if it's about having a balanced life or it's about traveling the world or being financially free. It's about uh, moving against mediocrity. It's about living that life that deep down you really want to be living. Um, that <laughs> Frank says... Uh, last week, uh, with that uh, that itch that you want to scratch, we all have a niche that we want to scratch. But what what is that thing that you're looking to change in your life? It could be on your financial career. It could be physical health. It could be learning new skills to increase your confidence. It could also be spiritual ethical, right? And I think that's an important distinction to make because sometimes when we hear the word success we automatically think success is having a certain amount in the bank or having a certain position of power and authority in Mm -hmm. whatever realm that we're working in. So I really like defining success as, you know, I think ultimately it comes to how do you feel about what you're doing every day? How do you feel about, you know, the person that we are? Yeah, for sure. Like a big, there's many different philosophies or science or mentors you can look at, but what I deeply feel is it really comes back to the emo- emotional engagement of what you're actually doing. So having that sense of fulfillment um, or that sense of complete, um, because it's we do live in a materialistic world and there's a lot of external gratification that we can rely on to make us feel good. Yeah. Um, but those are all finite things that we can accomplish versus an infinite mindset um this is a bit heavy (laughs) 
let's go warning warning you but uh when you when i do think about the meaning of life it is about uh, becoming that person um two two questions to think about think about who you want to become and the other one will be who do you want to serve so those are the two questions that i ponder on a regular basis is who do i want to become uh, when it comes to meaning of life and also who do i want to serve which is the other question and when you're getting clearer on those questions, then it becomes a lot clearer of how to get that emotional engagement or that sense of fulfillment. And it's a lot less about um, getting a brand new car or um, uh, what's in it for me, right? Because it's not really about me, it's about them. It's about giving, right? Versus getting. Yeah, and I, I think like it's it's pretty easy to find in our culture examples of people who have every material success they could yeah. possibly have or want, and even if it's not on the celebrity or the yeah. famous person level, you know, there's people around that have so much success and so much influence and power in what they do. Yeah. And then um, we often hear the the sad side of the story is that mm -hmm. you know we're crying ourselves to sleep at night and stuff. So yeah. finding that uh, the itch. Yeah, and. This is extremely personal. If you know me, you would, you would know this already, but I am an extremely emotional guy. Um, Julie, my fiance, she would know this. So I see myself cry to bed many times, mm -hmm. especially the last two years. Um, being self-employed, it, uh, it wasn't easy, but it was all worth it. Um, but we all, at, at the core, we are all human beings, right? Yeah. We're all human beings. We all have flaws. We all have days that we're unmotivated. We all have challenges and uh, and to find a way. And what helps is realizing that we're all in the same boat. <laughs> we're all in the same boat and you can be uh, the VP of a huge um, multi-million dollar organization or you can be self-employed, a small business owner. Uh, but at the core, we are all human beings and, and we all have challenges. And I feel the key to close that gap is to create that community of support in which we can all lean on. Yeah, I think I would definitely tend to agree with that. And especially, I think it's awesome that you are willing to acknowledge, you know, like, hey, I struggle in my in my process, and, and that's something we all go through. Yeah. We're not always willing to talk about it, though. Yeah. But I think having the support is absolutely essential so that when those times are hitting, yep. we have someone we can reach out to and say, hey, look, I can see outside of the situation you're in and this is part of the process that mm -hmm. is bringing you from A to B. Mm -hmm. Because we all know as we're, you know, climbing out of a hole or whatever mm -hmm. it looks like, it, it's not always pretty along the way. Yeah. And we don't enjoy every step that we have to take. Yeah, and, and the fact is, if it's... If that's a reality and if it's not pretty, you're definitely on the right path because you can't, you can't succeed without failing. It's impossible. And if you're not really failing, you're not really striving enough um, by challenging your, your limited beliefs from challenging your li personal limitations of what you feel you can be doing. Um, and the reality is, this is just a philosophy for me. If, if, when you, if you live by the motto, it's better to be safe than sorry you most likely will live a life unsafe and sorry. So if you live by the motto, you better be safe than sorry, you, you most likely will live a, a life unsafe and sorry because it, it, taking risks is, is, is part of living. It's about 
stepping out of your comfort zone like right now. <laughs> um, because there's always good that comes out of it. And, and that's how we grow. And it goes back to what I was saying. Be becoming who you want to become as a person and also who you want to serve. But to become that person that you we know deep down that we want to become. Um, we have to go out of our comfort zone to get those results. Mm -hmm. Or we can stay the same and get the same results. And then deep down we feel like we're drifting. Or we're coasting through life. Versus living a life of fulfillment. I'm curious, Gab, who do you want to serve? What is the ideal profile for you? What do you look for someone? And, and I guess, and I'm also wondering, what are the sort of attributes or qualities of a person who will be a leader, who is on that path, who can benefit and is willing to like change in the way that can bring them from uh, you know, relative mediocrity to yeah. uh, <laughs> success? Yeah, great question. Who do I want to serve? In one word, that's humanity. <laughs> uh, more elaborated, it would be um, anyone that's willing to change and that wants to grow. Because the fact is, not everyone wants to... Well, no, I'll rephrase. Everyone wants to improve, Every, in my opinion. Everyone wants to have that internal desire to grow uh, through life. But sometimes we'll... Our ego kicks in and say, "No, I'm good. I'm already good in this department, or I don't. I'm already. I have uh, my things in my life are all well organized, and that's all great. Um, but deep down, I do believe um, that we all have the desire to improve, right? So that's always high level for me. It's about um, associating myself those people that are that are humble." willing to learn and love to be working with people right yeah. um because when i think about leadership again it's more about it's more about than just the title the positions uh the responsibility Le leadership to me is, is influence as john mm -hmm. maxwell would say uh, leadership to me is influence uh, and we are all leaders and this is a lot an idea that i have is we're all leaders because um, we are leading ourselves through our life, right? Mm -hmm. And the fact that we're leading ourselves through through our life, we're creating influence, not just on ourselves, but the people in our life. Um, some people say, oh, I don't, I don't think that's even true or possible um, because I have people on my team, they're not leaders, they're just managers. Yes, maybe on a soft skill level, they may not have the title, um, but leadership is much more than the position it's really about the influence um that you have on yourself and everyone around you yeah and and i i personally think leaders uh, leaders often don't have a title you know leaders mm -hmm. are, are sometimes that coworker that comes yeah. in with a smile on their face every yeah. day that makes the whole team feel good or yeah. you know uh, people who are working with their families helping mm -hmm. you know set up their family members to be successful in the world mm -hmm. and uh, i think that is that's really interesting one of the things I'm also curious about is 
I know you work with a lot of uh, high-level executive clients. Yeah. And uh, as you mentioned, you're only 28 years old. I'm 30 mm. years old. So, so we're a part of the millennial generation, yeah. technically. So I'm wondering, what do you see in sort of the differences of mindset between yeah. people in, in our age world and yeah. uh, some of the more established leaders in business now? Do you see anything that's going to be changing as, as the times move on and, and some of the younger leaders move into positions? Mm. Yeah, it, it is definitely a different dynamic. Um, can you rephrase the question again? Well, I guess I'm thinking about, I mean, we all hear millennials and, and there's a lot of negative connotations that come mm. with it, but I think some of the more general things that get thrown around is we don't like following the rules. Mm. We like to break down structures. Yeah. You know, then there's some other things like, you know, we tend to be lazy and entitled. I think there's uh, an expression of that. Yeah. But uh, from what my view, like, I really think a lot of younger people just recognize the problems that mm. are, you know, the problems that are being caused by structures that are in place. So uh, I guess the question is, how do you see... Um, young leaders or mm -hmm. millennial leaders, mm -hmm. what qualities are we bringing to the table to mm. shake up the world of what's yeah. been established? Yeah, there's always, there's uh, there are always pros and cons, strengths and weaknesses in all different generations. For me as a millennial and how I personally think um, is I, one of the things that's top of mind for me is, and clear are my values and how I'm living and breeding those values, which also stems from um, the priorities of my life um, it may not be like for me on my priorities like financial career is the fourth in priority right um, and then there's a lot of things that comes before that um, one of the things that's top of mind for me as a millennium is the freedom freedom of choice freedom of doing what i want when i want to do it and it's really not about making those long um, hours and hopefully getting the results. It's about how can I be working smart with my time um, versus hard so then I can contribute a lot more results and a lot less time versus of um, contributing and working 65 hours a week and hopefully I'm gonna get these results. Right. One of the things I do speak often on is the difference between efficient and effective, right? Being effective is someone that could be working, let's say, 40 hours a week and say making $100,000 just for conversations um, and then versus someone that's efficient, uh, effective, sorry, efficient, he would be working 65 hours a week and still gaining the $100,000 profit. So finding a way to be really working smarter versus hard um, is definitely a mindset that I feel um, some of my close friends that are millenniums, they think alike. It's really more about the contribution and less about the dedication and the hard work and, and making those long hours. It's more about, okay, well, how can I think outside the box to find a new innovative way to solve this problem instead of tackling it and this is how we have been doing it for years and it has worked, um, so let's do it this way. Because for a lot of times, what brought us here will not bring us there, right? So it's to find that new and innovative way to tackle this problem, which I feel is one of the things um, um, that I hear often from millenniums, like thinking outside the box. Outside the box, yeah. yeah. I would totally tend to agree with all those points. 
And I'm thinking about, too, how so many of us um, in this age bracket end yes. up sort of in a 9-to-5, or maybe not necessarily a 9-to-5 desk job, but yes. perhaps in the service industry or different types of industries where we have degrees, we have education, yep. and we're qualified, we're ready to get out there. Mm -hmm. And there seems to be a gap between finding the qualified workforce of young leaders yes. and the, the, to put it, put it, in these terms, the ones I hear the most often, a decent job. Mm. So uh, this kind of brings me back to the work you're doing and sort yeah. of seeing like we need to have these leadership skills in place. We need to know mm -hmm. how to put ourselves out there. Yeah. And we also need to have the self-worth mm -hmm. in place mm -hmm. and that flexibility in our attitude to be able to take actions, mm -hmm. even if the immediate gratification yes. isn't there. That's yeah. a, and I think that's one of the things that we get hit with as, as young people. We're always looking for the immediate gratification. I think yeah. that works well because we find easier ways to do things. Yes. But then we, I think also sometimes we're looking for a shortcut and mm -hmm. we, we don't emphasize enough that, that we have to really push in mm -hmm. certain areas. So yes. it's about a discipline developing thing as well. Yeah, it's about discipline and... And it's we see we hear all the time that sense of entitlement, instant gratification, and and it's there's definitely pros and cons. But I think one of the reasons why that is that is the case. It is not new f for most of us. Is because we finish the information age and the customer focused age, and and there's just so much information out there, and it's it's really it's hard to stay focused mm -hmm. as a millennial because there's so many. Um, you can you can literally click on YouTube or Facebook and you're seeing other people's life and you compare and most of the time you're only seeing the the rainbows and unicorns in their life. The social media version. Exactly, and then we are cost in that constant comparing state of saying, oh well, what why is this person seventeen years old and he's already a millionaire, and I'm have I have a hard time finding a part time job, right? Um, so we're in constant. So best advice for me on that note is goes back to Simon Sinek. It's about playing the infinite game versus the finite game. Mm -hmm. It's really about staying in your lane and, and try to filter out all that noise and to stay focused on, on what is your goals, what is your life and who you want to become um, down the road versus of always comparing uh, yourself with other people and and sometimes in the same industry or different industries. Um, so really narrowing that focus on playing the infinite game versus the finite game, uh, which is hard, uh, but it takes time. It's all about setting those small disciplines. Mm -hmm. It could be simple as limiting the time that you're spending on social media. It could be educating yourself on what's really out there. It could also be as simple as saying, well, I see a... Uh, this successful person, but get to know that person. Like go f learn, learn from that person of all the struggles they actually been through, mm -hmm. right? And then you become more aware, and then you increase your empathy towards that person, and saying that's all great, but I didn't realize that you've been through all these struggles. So mm -hmm. then you realize that it's um, that you're maybe struggling, but um, that 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 could also be a good thing because you're you're about to, to have that breakthrough down the road. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it reminds me of the old saying, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm, yeah, for sure. Well, Gap, where can we find you online if we're interested in learning more about LMI and the executive uh, coaching programs that you offer here? Yeah, well, 
there's a pretty good chance that I have reached out already. <laughs> Just mostly kidding. Uh, but I know you can reach out Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, social media. And again, it's really less about the actual program. It's more about I love to be meeting more successful minded, humble leaders. Um, because uh, we are the average of the five person you spend the most time with. So there are more people I can associate myself with that does have similar positive mental attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're always looking to learn, bounce ideas. Um, you can reach out, social media. The office is 70 in Bosford. Uh, we had a grand opening last week. So it's close to downtown Moncton. Um, yeah. So I'm hearing that if you're interested in self-improvement, if you want to grow, if you're open to change and you're open to learn, then reach out to Gab at the LMI office in Atlantic Canada. And you don't have to reach out to me. Uh, I'm not saying uh, it's it's really about building that rapport uh, with someone that you trust. Mm -hmm. Um, I do see, obviously, because I'm in the industry of the value of self-development, so it could be through, I don't know, Robin Sharma, Tony Robbins. It could be through different coaches uh, in town, consultants, trainers. Um, it doesn't really have to be with me. <laughs> um, but the message is really, if you do need help, ask for it. Right? Reach out. Like It could be anyone. It could also be just a friend. Yeah. And that you're meeting on a regular basis and then you can bounce some ideas. Yeah, I think uh, one of the key takeaways, even though it wasn't necessarily a focus of this conversation, is having support, no matter what your dream is, no matter what you're working on. You know, no man should operate as an island. It's just really too difficult. Yes, for sure. 100%. Well, thank you, Gab. Thank you for doing that Facebook Live piece, the podcast piece. It's fantastic. It wasn't so bad. No, I think we're a little more relaxed now. (laughs) So we'll see you again my next week and the week after that and the week after that. Yeah, exactly. So my, name, my name is Kathleen Sutherland. Uh, this is podcast. You can find it on businesscoachatlantic.com. You can find me at kcsutherland.com. I am a marketing consultant and trainer here in Moncton. And this has been uh, LMI. Thank you, Gab. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Awesome.